And, and to have brave men and women of God that pull people aside and say, love the way you sang this song, but have you thought about the theological content of it? Hi, this is Ben Lowe with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth and Life Today, of course, with Dr. John Newfeld. But we also have a very special guest today, Shane Weeb. And Shane uh, is, is a great musician. Oh, and stop. he's uh, toured with us. We often call him our house band nice. uh, for Back to the Bible Canada because he's been to Greece with us and Israel with us and we'll be going cruising in a few months. Uh, but uh, Shane has a real gift, as uh, along with your wife Angela, Absolutely. in respect to music and worship. And, and we wanted to take some time today because we get questions regularly about, about worship, worship that's going on in the church and modern worship and where we're going with worship and things of that nature. So we wanted to take some time today to just talk about worship. What should worship be? What ought it be? What does it look like? What are the components of worship? Uh, uh, what are the things that frustrate us perhaps about worship? And uh, where should worship be directed? Uh, John, I know you have uh, uh, three things that we had talked about earlier, and I think that would be a great catalyst to get us going. Uh, three things that you think are important relative to worship. Yeah, I, I mentioned the first one, Ben, is singability, and I know that seems like a mundane category, right? But I think sim singability is an issue because with the Protestant Reformation came a recovery in singing, congregational singing. It had been lost from the church. Nobody was doing it. It was just a, a liturgy in which we watched the clergy do their shtick, right? And, and suddenly now, for the first time, recovering again, this idea that people step up and are a part of a service and sing adoration to God. So I think singability is an issue. Is it possible for people to be able to sing the thing, or is it so complex nobody can do it? Yeah, it's interesting you said because I was fooling around with my son who or leads worship, and I'm saying the interesting thing about a lot of worship music today, and, and let, me, let me get this out of the way. We're not talking about styles. No. Uh, the old worship wars are gone as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Styles is not an issue, but what is the intention of worship? And I was kidding around about him saying, you know, interesting, so much worship music today is verse, chorus, verse, chorus, second chorus, bridge, third chorus, oh, verse 2b, and <laughs> you're just all over the place. And you wonder sometimes, you know, does that uh, impede people's worship experience because they can't really enter in? Yeah. Yes, probably. <laughs> I, I mean, you talk about singability, and this is where I sort of feel like an old soul because a lot of my colleagues just don't really care about that. Yeah. And, and I don't really know where that comes from for me. I'm like, I, I love these old hymns. I love the stanzas. I love the structure of it because there isn't any form of worship, really, of the hymns melodic structure itself, right? This is always the temptation for all of us, no matter what religious uh, compartmentalization we get going on. We start worshiping something, and and right now we kind of worship the cool worship song, and yeah. ideally we don't. I mean, ideally we worship the Creator Himself, but coming back to that singability aspect of, of once the structure's out of the way, we can concentrate on what we're saying, and I still feel like that's, that's the dearer part of it. Um, just the theological content of what we're singing. And if we can't sing it, it becomes a performance. It has to, isn't it? By sort of by default, it, it becomes a performance, which isn't always a bad thing. But there has to be intention there. Yeah. Let's intend this to be a performance song where we just sit back and drink in the mm. gifts mm. that somebody is using us to, using to point us to Christ. Awesome. But don't, ah, join in, church, let's sing together. And, it's, and, and the translation is, I sound amazing in this key. I mean, you probably can't reach a single note I'm singing. Yeah. But education is a huge factor there then too. 
because maybe someone is really gifted with singing and playing a guitar, but they don't know some of the, the, the biological realities of where people can sing. Yeah. And they don't know and they want, they're desperate. Come on, church, sing along. And the church isn't singing along. Well, why not? Because they'll, they'll bleed from the throat and ears if they sing along. Well, you know, this is important because, I mean, getting back to, I mean, singability is a theological piece for me. And it is because, you know, the, the, the idea that people should just stand there and watch the band perform, which mm -hmm. happens in a lot of places, mm -hmm. you know, because everyone's now asked to stand. So we stand for, what, 20 minutes and more. And we just watch these guys. Mm -hmm. First of all, I would think for a non-Christian to walk in, that's uncomfortable. Um, and then secondly, because we can't sing it, we're just watching it, we're again taking ourselves back in time to a time when in the Catholic Church before the Reformation, mm -hmm. nobody was singing. I've never thought of it that yeah. way. But that's, yeah, I see a strong parallel there. Yeah, so the idea We've become that, disengaged almost, and it's become a religious practice. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we're supposed to sit back and take in when we hear the sermon, mm -hmm. but we're supposed to step up sure. and participate and join in adoration to God right. when we actually do worship. So whenever that's taken away, and even, yeah, I mean, if, if the song is too high, mm -hmm. you know, I can't sing it. Uh, if it's too difficult, I can't sing it. I'd even argue, Shane, and I don't know how you feel about this, if it's too loud, I can't sing it. Mm -hmm. Because it's now overpowered <laughs> my own voice, and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if I sing or not, so I just stop. Oh, and this is a this is a cultural thing, right? So I mean, we're we're kind of I think we're focusing on one little piece of it, and of course, you know, this is the disclaimer. We're not saying all churches are doing this. There are some churches we've been to recently where it's absolutely electric in yeah, terms absolutely. of of the right decibel volume, and it's but it comes back to the word that Ben used, which is intention. Um, but yes, absolutely. I, mean, I, I I often think of Paul saying, you know, don't conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, the, the first part of that is, is don't conform. Like, don't look to the world how they're doing it. I think we've done this. And I think that, that rock shows, this is why you can, you can go to a YouTube show and it's been you know, meticulously EQ'd to be amazing. Mm. And, and you drink in this music and you've got goosebumps. That's why you can't use goosebumps as, as sort of your litmus test for whether the Holy <laughs> Spirit showed up, right? So you, you get goosebumps when music's great. I mean, your body is responding to this awesomeness of it all. Um, but, but yeah, we, we've kind of gone, okay, well, that's a cool experience. I was at, our, at the show the other day and it was, it was loud. It, was, it felt like it was all encompassing. Like, let's do that. Let's bring that here. Let's get the... And you know what? There's a cultural relevance there that will attract people to the church. And, and if God has called you to yeah. that type of ministry, awesome. We also have to and look at not, some physical realities. And it's not requiring realities. your participation either. Right. It's not asking for your participation. Right. And so when we think of worship, I always think of worship as worship is supposed to be a corporate experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Better together. It's a fellowship of, 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 of you know, God's people coming together to glorify him and to consider him and to all these different things. You know, I think it was on Monday, John, I think you came in and you had mentioned that uh, uh, you were at church and they were saying how great thou art. Yeah. And all of a sudden everybody knew it and there was just this boom, the decibel of just corporate singing went up, you know, and then they sort of moved to the next piece, which is sort of the worship tune of the day, mm -hmm. you know, because that's one of the other things is we don't hang on to our 
worship songs like we used to. Yeah, there's although, outliers though, right? Yeah, that's what oh, I was going to say. Christ alone, um, exactly. you know, like the, I can't think of another I mean, single I one love right some of the Only sovereign, in Christ alone. Well, yeah. let me say I love some of the Sovereign Grace stuff that's been written. Okay. Some of it is, a, you know, a little less singable than I'd like right. it to be. But, um, you know, I mean, when I hear of some of the lines, you know, once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, mm -hmm. thank you. I mean, I'm overwhelmed with those kind yeah. of lines. So I think there's some great modern stuff that's out there. There is. But I think we, so this kind of gets to the second issue for me. Yeah, I was and that's say. the issue of, of theology, yeah. that we ought to be very careful about what we're singing. I would argue that our worship leaders ought to be very trained theologically. They ought to be going through the pieces that they, that they sing and ask, is this in fact biblical truth? Because sometimes we don't remember what the preacher said, but we remember what we sang and we keep singing it. Yeah. And again, yeah. that's not necessarily exclusive to our current culture. I mean, I know I've gone back over uh, the songbook that we used, and I look at some of the theology of some of the hymns that were in there, and I got to scratch my head and say, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right to me. There's something wrong mm -hmm. there. So I think the, the, the principle is that we, regardless of what we're singing, we should make sure that theology is correct. Yeah, if I can use that example, Charles Wesley. You know, I mean, I yeah. love Charles Wesley hymns. But when we're singing at Christmas time, emptied himself of all but love, that's theologically incorrect. We mm. should be singing emptied himself because of love. Then I'm good with that. Okay. Right. But it's not kenosis. Christ still was fully God in every way. Right. The emptying itself that it speaks about in Philippians 2 is his humbling himself. It's just little stuff like that. But I notice stuff like that and sure. bugs me half to death. But this is why there needs to be a relationship and a strong one. We, we run into vicarious ministry problems all the time. Like we hire this guy to do that and we hire this person to do that. Um, you know, youth pastors here, you are now responsible for the theolo theological future, the salvation future of my kids. Like, yeah. good, go for it. Um, but this is where there needs to be a really strong partnership between a guy like you that's, that just loves theology. And, and a, a musician's brain isn't always wired like that. They love to feel, they love to experience, and that's yeah. near to, the, to God's heart as well, Absolutely. right? Um, so, but to have these partnerships, they're important. Yeah. And, and to have brave men and women of God that pull people aside and say, Love the way you sang this song, but have you thought about the theological content of it? And, and, the, and, a, and a rule that, I mean, sometimes we do these, these worship leading conference type things, and we have a few sort of standby rules. If it doesn't stand up as a poem, don't sing it, <laughs> right? Don't sing it. Like, it, it's just because there's a higher standard when we're better together. If, if it means something to you when you're driving in your car, fantastic. But when you have the job of ushering a thousand people into the presence of God as part of your job, if you can reduce it to that word, there must be so much, again, to use the word intention, there must be so much intention in that. And I mean, you brought it up earlier before the cameras were rolling, this liturgical perspective of going through a service, taking us on a journey that has theological substance as well as intentional passion, and, 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 and factors all these things in, singability and theology. From start to finish, this needs to be a journey that we can take together yeah. as an entire church body. Otherwise, what are we doing? Like, we don't need to meet together if we're not going to recognize that by the power of the Spirit, we're better together. There's a and, synergy And, you know, that's there. what we're going to talk about next week, a little bit, a bit more about the, the purpose of corporate worship mm -hmm. and the liturgy that we've discussed. Uh, uh, one thing that comes to mind, though, really quickly is the idea that, you know, we've conditioned ourselves now to be selective to the church that we attend 
based on the quality of the music. You know, well, I really want to argue the, with you on that, but it, I can't. It's kind of true. You're well, right. yeah, I mean, yeah. we're going to churches. Shoot. And you know what? <laughs> and so, so we don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that good worship, quality worship, worship that's excellent, musically excellent, all of a sudden is wrong. I'm not suggesting that. Yeah, play skillfully to the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. We want to excel in those areas. Uh, but for that to be the reason why you select uh, where you worship, I mean, th that's got to be faulty thinking. And it shows uh, a lack of spiritual maturity in our own desires yeah. in life, right? When that's what we're looking to. Because yeah. it's an experience. We're looking for some sort of emotional, goosebumpy experience. Because that's what we've sort of likened to being close to God. Well, and, and I'm sure that's true. Although I would argue that the task of the preacher is to be as excellent as he can be. Mm -hmm. And therefore the task of the worship leaders to make that as excellent and as skillful as it can possibly be. For so sure. I'd argue for that. Yes. Yeah. But even while I'm arguing for that, I'm hearing what you're saying and I agree with you. Right? Yeah. Well, thanks guys for the conversation today. And we're going to continue uh, again next week with more on Truth and Life today. And make sure you check us out on backtothebible.ca for all of our past episodes as well. We'll see you next week. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth in Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth in Life Today.